This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the midweek show. Our show starts this week. The small child trying to obtain a cat who's decided to hide. Is this all picking up, folks? Are you hearing this? All right. You know, some days the excitement, like trying to catch a cat, is too much. But if you don't think you've got enough excitement in your life, you know what you do? You play DraftKings. Now at DraftKings, they're finishing up basketball season. They're finishing up hockey season. we got baseball season. You can play games in every one of them. you got access to, to free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions. The cat is trying to scratch everyone. What do you need? THPN show up on the other on the people who are watching. yes they see that oh. <laughs> they see our logo down there that, that logo it's not a logo it's the logo for the hockey podcast network oh. Oh. draft your team stay under the salary cap folks get a chance to win some money there with DraftKings payday comes every day for players so that's what so what are you waiting for head to the app now download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Uh, only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, there's Riot, just making life <laughs> difficult for everyone. Soda of the week, Spreadshirt Maple Root Beer. There we go. There it is. Let's try this bad boy out. You can't hold that cat and drink this. She will scratch your arm and then you will drop everything. Yes, she's very cute. We all know that. She's a cat. Here you go. Let's try the maple root beer. Made with pure maple syrup. Ooh, that is a strong smell of root beer. Oh, the cat hair. Good. That, that's what I'm dealing with here, folks. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> it, it tastes like root beer. I don't get the maple. Do you taste maple? Yeah, I don't either. It's root beer. It's a fine root beer. I'm going to put a little ice cream in it. That's not bad. Ice cream floats are always good. I'm a fan. Although I always like the ice cream float part, but then I never want to drink the root beer when it's done. Just kind of want to dump that out. Because that's that I'm done with it by then. That's no good. So what do you think? What do you think of it? Is it the best root beer you've ever had? No. Do you like root beer? No. No, there we go then. There's our answer. All right. I only like root beer with, with ice cream. Though. Fair enough. Well, now you've tried this one. All right. Yep, get out, take the demon cat with you. Or don't, if she doesn't want out. It's all fine. Oh no, she's hiding under me. <laughs> this could get very interesting, folks, if the cat decides to attack. All right, so jumping into where we're at this week, 
we could look at the standings, but what's the point? Jackets are seventh in the division. Honestly, at this point, the more interesting part of this is that um, our odds of the playoffs, Money Pucks just got us at a zero at this point. So if you're looking at their little circle graph of playoff odds, we ain't even there anymore. Um, Yeah, we're not even there. So let's look at Tankathon. Yeah, what's Tankathon got the Blue Jackets at? We are at a 6.5% chance for number one overall and a 13.3% chance for a top two pick. That's right. In the last 10 games, we are 2-7-1. We have lost three in a row. We only have 11 regulation wins. That's it, folks. I think we are we are boarding this train. We're going for the top five. That's what I think is going to happen. We're going for top five, folks. That is... uh. That is not where we expected to be at the beginning of the season, is it? We were talking playoffs. We were talking, oh, we're going to make it. Here we go. But that's that's not what's happened. And that's just, that just is what it is. Um, you know, we can we can deal with it. Um, it's not what I expected, but that's okay. We've got a different kind of world now going on. Um, I mean, if if our team... If we end up drafting these players, which is something we're about to talk about here, I mean, we'll probably get some decent guys in those top three picks, but we'll see what happens. Um, we won't know until we get there, but uh, it's interesting. So jumping into the stories this week. So the Blue Jackets, let's let's go back over how the trade deadline ended here. They didn't make any other deals on Monday, uh, which, by the way, Monday is... One of my favorite trade deadlines, one of my favorite sports days of the year. And it's, I, I understand that for a lot of people, it's like, oh, it's boring. Nothing's happening. Nothing's actually going on. For me, it's this opportunity to just sit and enjoy just people talking hockey for hours. It's a lot of fun. I really like it. It's good. Um, but yeah, looking at the where the trades win here. But no, we covered that on the last show, didn't we? Essentially, the Blue Jackets are getting first pick round picks all over the place. We've got three firsts going in the next year. So pretty much everybody, when they when they graded these trades, uh, every source I found was saying the Blue Jackets essentially got an A. They did a great job, which is really what it was. I mean, they were in a situation of the season didn't go the way you wanted. Uh, nothing went the way you thought it should. But you still found a way to turn it into... A, uh, you feel, still found a way to turn it into, into two first-round picks. I mean, guys who are on expiring contracts, turning two of those into first-round picks, you've created kind of a slingshot effect for your team here. And yeah, what, uh, what ESPN wrote up, I'll just read through that real quick. They gave him an A+. GM Yarmo Kekalainen is having himself a deadline. On Saturday, acquired Tampa Bay's 2021 first-round pick and their 2022nd third-round pick for David Savard, a pending unrestricted free agent. On Sunday, he acquired the first. We know that one. It's true that the value of a first-rounder in the 2021 draft is somewhat diminished thanks to the interruptions in scouting and player evaluations due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but getting them for two rentals is still impressive. Just like with Savard, the Jackets are retaining some of Felino's salary, holding on to 50% uh, of that. Uh, And there's still a chance Felino returns to Columbus as a free agent this offseason. Um, the chance that he boomerangs back to help the Jackets next season makes the deal all that better for Kekalainen. And that's really what we're looking at here. This is 
the the story that I'm looking at most for today's kind of discussion is uh, Portsun wrote an article for the for the the Athletic uh, title of it "Rebuild or Reload," and he focuses a lot on what Seth Jones is going to do. And some of the interesting tidbits out of it is that with Seth Jones, apparently Yarmo uh, came out. Let me see the the quote here. We've expressed, and uh, he. Uh, Portsline inserted to Jones for clarity because it's in the context of a conversation. We've expressed this to, to Jones that we'd love to keep him here for the rest of his life, Kekalainen said. We're proceeding in the belief that we can sign him, absolutely. He's been a cornerstone of ours, and he's going to be an even bigger cornerstone moving forward. He's a leader. That confirms what I think we've been hearing talked about a lot, which is that part of this offer to keep him is going to be offering him the captaincy. Uh, it, it's gonna. That's gonna be part of it. It's gonna be you're the center. You're you're not you're the center, obviously, but you're the captain. You are the face of this franchise. We're building this thing around you. We want to win with you. Um, some other things that I found interesting in this. There was an interesting quote from Cam Atkinson. It's tough, and there's a lot of questions. Said Ford Cam Atkinson, the longest tenured Blue Jackets player. Being an older guy, you're wondering what are we going to do now? Are we rebuilding? What's the goal here? I trust Yarmo and everything he's done. I know he'll bring in good pieces. I have a feeling this is just the start. These are the trades that we knew were coming. Who knows what else is coming? We'll see what happens in the next six months. Um, and Kekalainen, and he was asked directly, you know, is this a rebuild? Is this a reload? His quotes. Rebuilding takes a lot longer. That's a big difference. We have some really good pieces. You look at rebuilds and they kind of strip it down. They trade all of their best players, even if they're not over the hump yet. They sell everybody and start building from scratch. We still have our core pieces in place. Now, at this point, what I would have argued coming once the trade, once you trade to Dubois, because I, I consider Dubois to be a cornerstone piece of this franchise, to be a, a franchise player there. Once you trade to Dubois, the next round of kind of the core players for this Blue Jackets team. Uh, Jones and Wierenski. Uh, after that, I get into, I know Bjorkstrand, uh, and I would, I think Line is still a part of it. Um, again, and we saw it the other night with that crazy end-to-end goal. When you have a talent that can do what he can do, him being a centerpiece in what you're doing makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't know how you build a team around a player like that, Um I mean, for years there was talk that Ovi wasn't a great defensive player, and that's what was keeping the Capitals from winning. But obviously they built a team and they won with him there. And I think that's kind of what the Blue Jackets' uh, goal will be, to build a team kind of like the Capitals, which means you got to have a lot of good players throughout the rest of the lineup too. And, and the Blue Jackets have some of those players. Um, Cam Atkinson's really good. Uh, I am a big fan of... I'm I'm starting to become a bigger and bigger fan of Max Domi. Uh, I, I think Roslovic has a lot of potential. I think Texier has a lot of potential. These are players that I'm seeing them play more and more. And I'm something I'm super happy about is that we're at this point in the season where we're getting to see these younger guys play, and that it's just Domi's going to be a center, Roslovic's the center, Texier's a center, and we're going to see what they do at center, and we're just going to play it out. And I'm loving it because I think we're seeing them get better and get more confident in their games. And uh, like Texier the other night, I mean, on the penalty kill, he was great. I thought he was great on the penalty kill. So I'm, I'm encouraged by some of the signs I'm seeing. Now, these three picks, um, 
so when when asked about it, Kekalainen, and this is his quote from him, we're going to evaluate and see what the best opportunity is, Kekalainen said. We're not going to use the first-round picks on a 30-year-old. It could be making the picks, or it could be the trade, making a trade for a prospect or a guy who's just getting started. It could happen right at the draft, too. This is the next person on our draft list versus this is the NHL player who's available, and we make our choice. Here's the thing. I, I and and this is this is where I, I consider certain you know certain parts of the fan base maybe not as savvy into what's going on. Sometimes I saw a lot of people getting upset about the trades, being like, "Oh, I'm never dealing. I'm giving up my season tickets and this and that and the other." And I'm like. I understand if you're upset that, especially Felino, he's the captain. He's really the heart of this franchise, but he's on an expiring contract, and the team has a way of getting better in the future by trading him. And honestly, I at this point, I might be just surprised if he doesn't sign again in the offseason. This is making moves to make you better long term, and this may be something where come draft day. So the Blue Jackets, you know, they're they're going to have probably two relatively late first round picks: the ones from the Maple Leafs and the ones from. Uh, Tampa Bay, but there may be something happen on draft day where you get to that pick and somebody goes, oh, there's somebody we still want. We need to make a deal. And they go to Yarma. And they're like, we want to make this deal. We really want this guy. And the people on, and the guy, the blue Jackets have on their board, maybe someone they're like, well, we like this guy, but he's not going to play for us for two or three years. And they look at that team and they're like, oh, you've got a guy on, you know, his ELC who maybe we think is somewhat similar in a way and just timelines line up differently or things. Cause somewhat you got to remember in this is part of where these trades come. It's not always that one team wins and one team loses. It's different teams at different parts in their life cycle. Like one team that's going to be rebuilding at the end of this. I mean, they're like you've got the devils, you've got the red wings. Um, you've got the uh, um, senators. Um, especially the Red Wings, because the Red Wings with their trade, where they trade away Anthony Mantha and uh, and picked up guys on on expiring deals, and not expiring deals, but guys whose deals are, are a little shorter. The thought was that Anthony Mantha is a good player, but he's not going to still be in his prime when we're good again, which tells you Detroit does not think they're going to be good in a year or two. They don't think this is fixed next year. So it could be something where Detroit's like, we've got a guy who's NHL ready, but we're really not ready to compete yet. And we really like this guy we could draft. So we're going to draft this guy. And, and maybe you pick up a guy like that. I don't know. Buffalo's the same way. Um, of course, Buffalo's in all. Buffalo's just a mess. My goodness, Buffalo is a mess. See, here's the thing about the Blue Jackets had a really bad year. This is not the year we expected. But there's a feeling there's a plan. Because we turn this around into picks. We've got three first rounders going into the next season. Buffalo is getting a second from the Taylor Hall deal which if, if that's something that, that kind of is strange to you, uh, Dom LeSusian wrote a really interesting article in the athletic, just talking about how there's differences in value where the team like the Maple Leafs having another guy that can score. I mean, you get to a point where, you know, you only got one puck, um, but having somebody like a Felino who's going to go in there and, you know, can fight and can fight for pucks and, and really good on retrieving pucks and all that kind of stuff. It's a different story. So, these picks can be anything. Um, one of the theories that's starting to really gain some steam on Blue Jackets Twitter is people wanting the Jacks to trade for Jack Eichel, which I would be all about. That would be a lot of fun. And if you're starting the conversation at three first rounders, that's the kind of conversation that I think Buffalo is willing to have. Um, now, uh, you start to ask yourself if they really want to trade him or not, because 
the truth is, if you're a team like the Buffalo Sabres, the moment you trade a Jack Eichel, you're looking for the next Jack Eichel. But if you don't think you're going to be good in the next five years, then, then you know, just let him, then then you need to. Maybe you say, "Hey, we're not going to waste paying this guy all this when we can get a return and start over again." Um, so that may be part of what's going on there. I mean, because if you're the Sabers. You've got this generational guy. You've got the guy who can be a centerpiece of your franchise. But if you're not going to be good for five years, you don't think you're going to have the surrounding talent in two or three. I mean, his deal's only, I think his deal is five more years after this one. Do you give up the opportunity if a team comes to you and says, hey, we're going to give you three firsts and Liam Foodie and Andrew Peak? I mean, that's a franchise reset, three first round picks. Your whole franchise can reset on three first-round picks. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if the Sabres were like, hey, we'll take those three, and instead of another prospect, can we have your one next year, too? And they trade four first-round picks for Eichel. That would not surprise me if the Blue Jackets go down that road or if they offer that, something like that. So this could be anything. Uh, We could be going in all sorts of directions from this. Going to hear a quick word from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, next thing we're going to hit on, uh, a new Blue Jacket is going to make an appearance. Mr. Josh Dunn, uh, who is uh, played for Clarkson. After Clarkson announced their premature cancellation of their season, um, forward uh, junior forward Josh Dunn, he signed an entry-level contract with the Blue Jackets as a college free agent. He's 6'4", 2'9", plays center. Um and the Blue Jackets are giving him a chance. Um, he played in Cleveland uh, a few games. He's got three points in seven games, two goals and an assist. In his college career at Clarkson uh, in 2019-2020, he had in 32 games, he had 27 points, 13 goals, 14 assists. And in 2018-19 at Clarkson, he had 32 goals, 14 assists. I'm sorry, in 32 games, he had 14 goals, 9 assists. So 14 goals and 13 goals. Uh, and his, and he, he came up in the USHL system. Um, but yeah, so we're going to see him. He's going to be wearing number 21. From the little things I've seen about him, uh, there is a understanding. They're, they're thinking, you know, it, what scouts are kind of projecting is that he would be a center at like a third or fourth line role. 
Um, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, the kid's 22, a left-handed. I mean, again, being 6'4 and, and 210 is going to be – he's a big guy. So maybe something else. Maybe he turns into something else. Who knows? We'll see what he can do. Uh, I, again, these are the things I'm here to see right now. I am here to see the Blue Jackets playing as much youth as they can, getting a sense for as much as they can about these guys, what they're going to be, what they could be, all of that. So I'm excited to see that here. Uh, so next thing I wanted to hit on here. So the Canucks are apparently about to return to play. Now, there's a question whether this should happen. These are some quotes from JT Miller today um, in kind of a scrum. What we're being asked to do is, do is not going to be too safe if you're asking me. That's kind of frustrating if I'm being honest with you. We try to talk about the number one priority being the safety health and their fa- the players ha- being the players' health and their family safety, and it's almost impossible to do that to do what they've asked us to do here on our return. It's kind of crazy. Miller said, I know everyone has a job to do, but to expect our entire team to be ready to play in one practice in a pregame skate is a little hard to comprehend. So apparently what's happening. I mean, a lot of, some of these players are symptomatic. Some were not. There's been varying degrees of discussion about that. And at this point, the team is, I mean, the idea is that they're going to play their final 19 games in 31 days. And that the final stretch of those, it will be obvious they can't make the playoffs. And that there's even discussion about starting the playoffs in the three other divisions before the Canadian division because the Canucks will not be done. I I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't understand at this point. Um I, I, here's the thing. So there's a couple of things I understand where there is a, there's some contrast here. One is you're running into a situation where, I mean, there's a legitimate concern about safety of players. I mean, what was it? There was an NBA player came out and said he would, he was having, after he had COVID, he's been using an inhaler. Again, these are these are professional athletes, folks. I know a lot of people, as soon as they hear COVID, they think, oh, if you're young and healthy, you'll be fine. But that's bullcrap. Again, if you're young and healthy, you may be just fine. Maybe it doesn't touch you. But guess what? There's some people, they, considering that they're professional athletes who they say it knocks them on their butt for months where they don't get, they can't have the same, uh, they don't have the same ability to, to, to work out and... Uh, exert themselves and all that, guess what? This this isn't a disease that cares about how fit you are when you get it. So who knows what these guys are going through. And there's these contentions of, I mean, the, the league's already losing money this year. Are the Canucks going to lose more money if these guys don't finish this season? Is this the kind of thing where it sets back even further how long we don't see a rise in the salary cap? Now, at this point, I get it. I mean, you know, the, the Canucks are playing what they said, 19 games in 31 days. So if you tried to make that something reasonable, like 15 and 31, that's still a pretty tough schedule. But let's say you tried to do 15 and 31 or 13 or 12. Is that difference? Is that four to seven games that big a dollar difference? 
I don't know. I don't know what the actual numbers would be on that, especially since it's not like in Canada they've been having fans start to come to the games at all or anything. So you just don't know. Um, I, I come down on the idea that to have players who have been ill like this and who essentially have not been even skating to then do one practice and one warm up and then they play a game, that's rough. Like if there was something where the league almost gave them like a three or four day mini camp to have some skating sessions, maybe have a simulated game, ramp up a little bit. And, and that's, I don't know. That's, that's even then I, I'm not sure. I, I understand the, the concern with it. Cause I'd be concerned too. So that's, that's a strange one. I don't know where that's going. Uh, last story tonight. The Calgary Flames uh, arena, the new one they're wanting to build for them, has been put on hold. Uh, apparently what's going on is there are disagreements about the budget. Now, the budget is $550 million. Um, the way the Sportsnet article sums it up, which I think is probably a good way of doing it, is uh, anyone who has ever built a house is familiar with the debate. The homeowner wants granite, but it can only afford laminate. Negotiations ensue. So the question is, who is wanting to pay for what in this? How much more are they wanting? You have to remember what I believe is the impetus of, other than the fact that the Saddle Dome is a pretty old building, um, which I'm one of those people where I think old buildings are wonderful, and I would rather they renovate old buildings than replace them. If you need to add to it, get creative, have some crazy stuff happen, because the reality is, I mean, a $550 million arena for all the stuff they're going to add in making money there. I kind of wonder if you spent two or 300 million on the current saddle dome, if you couldn't get most of that stuff in there, maybe, and maybe that's just my naivete and lack of knowledge when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, how these things work, uh, all right. The, the architecture there, but I, I would think you would just do something along those lines. Um, but the, but you got to think down the road uh, in Edmonton where they built Rogers place. That one, that building was estimated to cost 450 million ended up being 604.5 million. They had to have renegotiations and had to do other things where the city kicked in more and then the government kicked in more and just all sorts of stuff. And I get where the moment Calgary wants to make new things there, there there's all this discussion about, Oh, what are we going to do with this? you run into problems with having to add more, uh, you know, where, where's the money going to come from? Cause the Cal, the, 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 the flames don't want to do it. I mean, nobody wants to spend the money if they can get, make the government do it. And obviously the government who had to slash services when, you know, they, I think they announced they were slashing some services three days before they decided they were building this arena. So obviously that's not something you want to do. But I mean, part of me wonders, I mean, cause some of the things you're going to make money on are, I mean, because, you know, they want those big concourses because they want to have more restaurants in there and they want to have all these side things. If it's me, and I'm going to bring this up on the video version of the of the show here if you watch it on YouTube, but I'm also going to obviously discuss it here. Um, so the Saddle Dome is pretty much surrounded by parking lots. Um, and then a river on one side, the Elbow River, uh, parking uh, there's a horse track kind of across one parking area. 
the Stampede Coral Arena um, across one street. Um, some other structures, event center, kind of, kind of, all, kind of like their whole Stampede Park. I mean, that again, it's the whole thing where they do the the. I think it's like a rodeo type thing every year up there, and uh, kind of take over that whole space. But if I'm the Calgary Flames, if you're the Calgary uh, Flames, and you're thinking, how do I do this? If it were me, just spitballing, I would love what I would prefer to see them do is add to the exterior of the building, do a major renovation, add to the exterior of the building, add those concourses you want, build up around it, and then some of these just huge parking lots, because you're going to lose parking when you do that, some of those huge parking lots, turn them into parking garages. Get two or three layers on there to make up for what you've lost in, in building out. Like I've always had this crazy idea that if you're ever going to expand Nationwide Arena and they wanted more, more concourse area or whatever, essentially when you're going down Nationwide Avenue and you're going downhill there, is that Nationwide Avenue? I don't think that is. I'm trying to remember what road that is. Okay, so yeah, so when you're at Nationwide Arena there uh, and you're going down, I believe that's Front Street. No, Nationwide. Yeah, when you're walking down Nationwide and you're kind of walking downhill there, if they ever wanted more space, they could try and push a little bit and actually build even canopy the road a little bit and have it held up by columns. You have more space in the arena proper, in the area that's the big lots little um, plaza there. You could open that up for more space if you absolutely needed to. You could build a layer over the ice house to have more space if you needed it. There's just, I, I, I mean, and I don't know if these cost any more than what you're doing, but I mean, here's the thing. In Calgary, if they're building a $550 million arena, guess what? That thing's going to be at least, that thing's going to get to 700. So to not think that you could probably save money by adding on and, and renovating the saddle dome and being, being specific about what you're doing and like, what are our real goals here? I don't know. I think that would make more sense. Anyway, uh, Blue Jackets games this week. We have got... Who have we got here? We've got Thursday night. Uh, we go to Dallas. Saturday, we're still in Dallas. Uh, and then I'll talk to you before the next one, which is a back, to get back against Florida. We'll see some young guys. We'll see how Josh Dunn does in his uh, our debut. So that'll be awesome to see. So I do want to thank you all very much for watching, listening. However you uh, enjoy the show there, please like, comment, uh, review, whatever you do. But thank you very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.